Huh? Well, uh, right now. <laughs> that ain't a go-go beat, though. That's what huh. y'all used to say in the 80s. Well, all right now. Mm. 70s. I say what now? I uh, say what now? Uh, show you right. Yeah. And that, nowadays, we say, skrr, skrr. For real? That's it. See, really? That's the best we got nowadays. Yeah, got left. Yeah, yeah. Got nowadays, left. they don't use English. At all. Wow. <laughs> hey. All right. As we talk about genres and generation of music, Welcome everybody to the Keith Battle Podcast. I'm Keith Battle, your host, and I'm so excited y'all have connected with us this week. We got a great podcast today, and some of those guests you just heard, you're going to hear from and meet momentarily. I want to talk about something today that I think is very important because, in my opinion, one of the most challenging and rewarding lines of work that people can get involved in is working with young people. And if you work with young people in a school system, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, a counselor, a mentor, a youth pastor, a youth director, working with teenagers is a very unique and specialized work. And today we have guests on the podcast, three of them, that have done this kind of work at a very high and successful level for an extended period of time. And we're going to hear their stories and get their insight today to, so that some of you who listen to this podcast, who even have teenagers in your house, or you're fortunate enough or challenged to work with them, uh, if you see it as a challenge to work with them, however you view it, we'll get some helpful hints and tools you can use in your work, whether you're a parent or you're a teenager. And one of our guests is very ADD. He's moving his mic around. Y'all can hear all the sound in the huh? background. He has no idea that we can hear Are everything we, we he's on? with his mic. <laughs> but uh, let me introduce him first. He's the resident vet. That is Pastor Joe P.J. Lee. That's the and nice uh, way of saying the old guy on, on the yeah, set. Yeah, he's the old vet. Yeah, he used to be the old vet on the set. Woo-hoo-hoo. You yeah. still got it. You still got it. And next, next to him, we have another veteran in the area of youth ministry, Mr. Russell, Reverend Russell St. Bernard. Rev Russ. Is with yes, him. Rev Russ. Yeah. And then thirdly, we have the young phenom and prodigy, Minister Stefan Lindsay. Wet behind yeah. the ears. Yeah. yeah so Welcome, guys. Here. Welcome. Great to have you on. Pleasure to be here. How about this? Why don't each of you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe in 90 seconds, your youth ministry resume, what you're doing now, and what you were doing in youth ministry. Where? Just give us kind of your youth ministry kind of blitz, kind of introduction. Let's start Let's start with, with the bishop, Joe Lee. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, youth ministry resume. Well, I started... My first, uh, actually, my first youth ministry experience was back in uh, a juvenile detention center. Um, not as an inmate, uh-huh. believe it or not. That's I so, ask that um, question. Yeah. And then I started, uh, I became a youth pastor in 2000 out in Woodbridge, Virginia. Then in 03, I was um, brought over here by the man of God himself, Reverend Keith A. Battle. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where we started the Remnant, Mm -hmm. Remnant Youth Ministry in 2003. And then from there, 2010, we started uh, a collaboration with First Baptist Church of Glen Arden called Merge. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that went all the way to about 2015. And uh, from there, during that time, I also started coaching uh, on track and field, Mm -hmm. uh, which I still do today. Still working with kids. Still working Can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. And then then there's some in my house, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get away from it. You got real live ones. I got got a real youth ministry going on right in my house. You can't. You can't. You're. You're a virgin. You're, you have a, a an adult aversions. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I Russell, you. tell us your story, man. In this space of youth work, I. Uh, so I 
wasn't brought up in church. Didn't really do that. Mm-hmm. I threw parties, came out here, uh, threw parties from Brooklyn, came out here to do, uh, to get away uh, mm-hmm. from, from uh, Brooklyn. That's what's up. You threw parties um, in Brooklyn? I threw parties uh, everywhere. Wow. Uh, and then when I got out here, I threw parties. Um, so now parties in Brooklyn were like home parties and like people's parties. It wasn't right. like, but when I got out here uh, at Morgan, um, I thought I was going to play ball, uh, mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother... I uh, didn't have uh, money to kind of help me with a full ride kind of thing. So sure. she gave me the option. She said, look, uh, you can uh, play basketball and wear sweats or you can get a job and have regular clothes. Wow. So I'm from Brooklyn. So I got a job yeah. and had regular clothes. So I didn't wow. do basketball thing, but I did end up uh, uh, throwing parties. We, 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 we had a weekly party wow. um, called something that I don't want to say on a podcast because it's not a church thing. Okay. Um, but we had a weekly party. <laughs> so we did all that. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I found Christ, though, my senior year at Morgan. Yeah. Um, wow. A sister named Shirley Brown. I work for the government. I work full time during the day, went mm-hmm. to school at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, sister named Shirley Brown led me to Christ. Um, and ever since then, I kind of went on it. Um, and I started at Empowerment Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, went to mm-hmm. pain before that, but started in Palmet Temple and the Pastor Brian. I was pain memorial, guy. pain memorial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, Pastor Brian's youth guy after that. Then I mm-hmm. went to Florida. Uh, then I came back uh, in youth ministry here at uh, what uh, we were Reed Temple North. We're now mm-hmm. Kingdom Fellowship AMB yeah. Church. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, but I'm, I'm over ministries. I'm sure we'll get into some of that. So I've transitioned. Um, so you've been AME. Since your since your conversion, pretty much, huh? I have, yeah. I have, I have. Got gotcha. you, yeah. Good yeah. folks, man. Yeah, I, I worked in the Amy Church too. I ain't know you threw parties. I was wondering when I saw you, I felt like, like I felt I heard beats. When yeah, I no, saw you. no. So I, I, I'm, I'm legit <laughs> the party dude that took the money, had none of the other talent. Like that's, wow. that's what I did. So I got you, yeah. I got you. Look, look, look at here. So you've had a. You you did youth ministry in those churches though. All of those much. churches. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I that's what I did. All youth right. ministry, training on youth ministry, books on you. I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah, great, great, great. Stefan Lindsay. Yes, hmm. sir. Uh so I like to say that uh youth ministry for me started uh prior to what some know as youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um with you know, for those who from the area, D M V area, being a part of uh the go go band that I was in. I wouldn't say it was ministry for, you know, obviously for God, um, but in doing what I was doing in the secular world allowed me to gain some principles on leadership and business. Mm-hmm. Um, people never told me that I was a leader while I was leading. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. but some of that stuff was transferable. Um, so the Lord saved me in 2009 and somebody told me, you got to go to Zion. And then mm-hmm. from there, uh, connect with Pastor Battle and Pastor mm-hmm. Battle's like, you got to connect with Remnant. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, connected with Remnant and mm-hmm. sir was honored uh, to serve under this brother to my left, the guru, mm-hmm. uh, Bishop Joe Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and from there, uh, came full time with Merge, I think 2011. Mm-hmm. I want to say 2011. Um, and then, let's see, time moved on. I served mm-hmm. in youth ministry uh, from the Merge 2011 till about 2014 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then transitioned to help uh, Pastor Devin Turner uh, plant Revolution Church in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't, you know, Re- Pastor Devin is, is, is very, you know, he was young, younger at the time. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a, a specific youth ministry, but we, we were working toward that. And I served in some other capacities assisting. Um, and then by the grace of God, was able to come back what I call home in 2017 and serve mm-hmm. now as the youth director here at Zion Church Landover. Yeah. 
called Off Script. Off Script. Now, each of you have done youth ministry, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's going to be helpful to some of our listeners. But um, a lot of what you're going to share, I'm sure, will be helpful to people who work even in non-spiritual context because kids are kids, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to understand something in order to be effective. So I want to ask you all, and, and even if I don't ask questions, if you all have something else, you know, let's bring it in. Just bring it in. So a lot of people want to work with kids, but what would you all say just are the three characteristics that you feel somebody needs if they're going to be the if they're going to be effective like when you think of somebody who works with teenagers especially so let's focus on teenagers so mm-hmm. somewhere between 13 to 19 middle school mm-hmm. and high school that's a tough window right mm-hmm. what are the characteristics that those that person if there are three things you say they got to have this if they're going to be effective what would y'all say I, I think for me i would say um if you're working in a church, uh, Christ follower, okay, um, mm-hmm. caring, and then um, consistent. If Good. you're not in a church, the Christ follower can be uh, change your personal character. Right, you got to have character. Right, you got to be somebody that somebody can look at mm-hmm. and want to be like uh, from a, a character standpoint. And I think character and caring is a it makes sense, right? It's, it's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Why is consistency so important when working with kids? Yeah, I mean because you know they're the the number one thing or one of the first things I learned in youth ministry from mentors um, in my life was uh, he who spends the most time wins mm. at the end of the day. That's mm-hmm. still the name of the game. Right? Whoever spends the most time wins. So mm-hmm. you have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You can go up there and you can impress them with your flash or mm-hmm. your, your humor or your charisma. Um, but it's the person who is there over time yeah. that's going to be there when it most counts, yeah, right? So when, when when my mother dies or when I'm I'm struggling at home with mm-hmm. with some, some insecurities or whatever, right. that stuff doesn't show up yeah. on the surface. Yeah. You have to spend time, yeah. and eventually it's going to surface to the top. I love it because that's not that's not a systems thing. It's like here's a great youth program. Like this is what you do. This is how you prepare a retreat. This is how you do a youth service or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. how you prepare a youth speech. Like you got to understand if you're going to do this work. It's going to cost you some time. You're going to have to invest some time, yeah. all right? Yeah. What do you guys think yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, outside I, of what Joe said? What do you say? I totally agree. So I got this this seven C thing. I thought you was taking some of them. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got, brother. One of them. One all of them preachers got stuff. They yeah. got to literate everything. Yeah, People think we're being cool. That's the only way you can remember That's it. Exactly. exactly. There you go. Yeah, we ain't being cool. We're just trying exactly. to remember you what we're trying to remember. It. But I, I agree, um, and I, I it's, it's being connected. Right. Being being mm. connected with the student, but understanding that every student is different. Mm. Mm. So like for me, doing ministry in Brooklyn was different than Baltimore, was different than South Florida, mm. is different than the DMV. Mm. And so you have to understand the difference in the student mm. and then be true to who you are. Right. Because I can't rock with every student. Exactly. Wow. Right. So mm-hmm. like but I have to have somebody on my team. That mm-hmm. can rock with every yeah, student absolutely. in order to make sure we're ministering to the body, mm-hmm. um, but being connected. But you got to get close enough to the kid to yep. know because mm-hmm. from the stage, you can from the stage. Right. It works because yep. it's one way, yep. you know, if they say amen or if they say that's dope, then that's mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. But when you get close up on them right. and you have conversations like, you know what? That point really didn't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because your household is told like when I went to South Florida and served. It was my first time from Brooklyn to Baltimore going to South Florida. It was my first time really seeing a fluent African-American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a different context. Mm-hmm. than different game. So yeah. what right. I'm saying, I can't, but I had to get close enough to the kids and to the parents to understand that, okay, I need to shift up. But also for me to be true that, 
maybe there's somebody on my team that can help out until mm -hmm. I grow and I know different things. Absolutely. But I love connected it. with the person. Yeah. Connected. It. And for those of you out there who are my age that don't know what it is to rock with a kid, that means to be connected to them. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that so Brooklyn so coming. So I, yeah, they, say, I, they say rock out here, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to rock with them. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would, anything I, you would add to that? So I, if I could just add one in there. Um, it better be a C word. I, I, I wish it was. <laughs> no, I don't have uh, But, but um, I, I would really. Always try, see, the young people always trying to change something. That's what they do. That's <laughs> what they do. The two vets just had <laughs> C, C words. And he going to come and with something. And he had time to think his about His word doesn't word. even start with a letter. It's going to be a number. It's going to be a beat. <laughs> that, that six on <laughs> But, uh, nah, I would say. Um, I would say humility, mm -hmm. um, and you know, even though that's it's kind of like well, well, of course, mm -hmm. um, but I think, and it, we're probably getting to this with with parents as well. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I think, even for myself, I'm I'm 28, mm -hmm. and from the outside looking in, it's like, well, you're young, mm -hmm. you got it, mm -hmm. and I even had to humble myself and be like, nah, I don't have it. Right. You know, when I say have it, I'm just talking about. The, the relevance Understanding their world In mm -hmm. full I might mm -hmm. be closer In age But I had to learn Real quick That I just don't get it Some mm -hmm. of the stuff And so If you humble enough To be a student um, You can learn a lot but yeah. if you always take the posture of a teacher, yeah, you'll miss it. You sound mm -hmm. like a parent, then, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's one thing they don't want to. They don't want to go into a room that's supposed to be their space, and you're trying to like help kids. I could be a youth group anywhere. It could mm -hmm. be you know my mentoring group. When you start sounding like a parent, yeah. or they like just say here in Prince George County, a parent. Yeah, mm -hmm. you start sounding <laughs> like a parent. You just lost them, right? So, so that humility, like maybe asking questions, finding out what's going on in their world. Yep. Like yep. asking them, is my is my outfit safe? Mm. Do I am I a bama or what? This, you know, this like, literally, I, I used to let kids join on. Yeah, me. Like, I did. I, I did that this past Sunday. I had I had two cornrows. Uh, no, mm -hmm. the Sunday before last, coming to your church. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had the two cornrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never done it in my life before. Yeah. And that literally opened up. I was like, y'all never do this again, or like bring this back. Raise yeah, your hand. Right. And most of I was like, don't do that again. Wow. <laughs> That's not it, bro. Yes, like, yeah. even my shirt, I had lepers on it. They was like, yo, like too many lepers and too much in one day. You now, gave us the hair and the shirt. Now, wow. You don't wear the leopard thing, that's what I think. I didn't do that. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, I had to change up. sure we did that. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, again, just in case you're tuned, just, just getting connected with us, you're listening to Pastor Joe, PJ Lee, Reverend Russell St. Bernard, and Minister Stefan Lindsay. We're talking about how to effectively reach kids, and particularly if you're going to serve teenagers let me ask you this who were your mentors and heroes in the space of ministering to young people like yeah. who would you look up to yeah. and they helped shape your approach yeah. to youth ministry because maybe some of those people are still out there there's somebody listening um obviously we want to tell them later how to get in touch with y'all but how, who who helped shape your style and philosophy of youth ministry yeah i think um i was i was blessed to serve with uh, obviously, Pastor Brian. I was mm -hmm. blessed to serve with uh, Jeff Johnson, mm -hmm. and I was blessed to serve, uh, lead, and talk with Adam Durso out of out of Christ mm -hmm. Tabernacle. Was Christ Tabernacle? Um, Phil Jackson in Chicago. Yeah. Um, Durso Christ Adam, Tabernacle was in Philly. Uh, no, it's in it's in uh, Queens. Okay. Um, his dad, Michael Durso or Maria Durso, led it. Okay. Um, Adam actually now moved over to um, I think it's Brooklyn. He's 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 at. Um, mm -hmm. 
He's at A.R. Bernard's church now. Okay. Um, but but Adam and them started this thing called the Aftershock like years ago. Like mm. it was my first recognition of you could really do something different in youth ministry on a Friday mm-hmm. night, like 800 kids, like yeah. community being shifted in, mm-hmm. in New York, which is like not a thing that right. happens. Um, and then Phil in Chicago and, you know. Phil Urban. Jackson, just Phil coach Jackson. the Bulls. No, no, different <laughs> Phil, different <laughs> Phil, different Phil. I always got yeah. to say that, different yeah. Phil. Yeah. Um, so they they were they they were they, they they were super mentors and still are to this day. I still call them, Good. still check in with them. Um, they've transitioned from to different ministries, different areas that, of ministry that, that that they're leading. But those two, uh, and then of course Tony Lee uh, in the area has been um, always been a mentor. Um, yeah. Actually, guys that I've interviewed in some of my books, th- th- these guys because they've just been killing it. Tell us really quickly what your book is called, Russell, and how people can get it. So. Uh, after Music Stops uh, is a book on youth ministry mm-hmm. uh, after the big event. Mm-hmm. And then Youth Ministry Hindsight is a book on five things I've learned in youth ministry. Um, all of that's on my website, um, store.aftermusicstops.org. But those are the two youth leaders. I have other books, too. So okay. I, we'll talk about it. But they, they, there's a lack of us in this space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and really teaching on youth ministry. Yes. So one of the things that I'm doing on the side is creating resources every year yeah. in order to make sure that at the end of the day we have resources that look like us for us in a way that makes sense no disrespect I, I write for outreach so uh, but but there's something different when our context is Absolutely. written in the pages yeah and make sure you all look him up and get his materials uh what do you have uh who's helped shape you stefan in this space of youth ministry oh man well i'll start with again the man to my left and pay homage man <coughs> pete brother bishop pj mm-hmm. um it's really it's really been a blessing uh to serve alongside him all these years and not just it's a tragedy he never and, wrote a book right mm-hmm. well yeah. i'm a living book <laughs> there you go <laughs> A living epistle. Don't uh, let him out that way. Don't let him out. Don't let him out. Don't let him out with that. <laughs> right, 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 right. But um, but nah, man, not just in the in the in the spaces where um, you know, to, to watch him work, mm-hmm. but like sitting next to him on planes mm-hmm. and him giving analogies while we in the air and mm-hmm. just I'll never forget that. Being invited to his house to watch Flight ninety seven and talk leadership principles about the movie. Mm-hmm. It was those moments behind the scenes that, you know, many people didn't see, but I was blessed to have and be exposed. And speaking of exposure, he also exposed me to the second person our name is Jeannie Mayo. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he'll mention Jeannie. Uh but she is truly the GOAT doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Joe Tell us who shaped and mentor you know shape your view on philosophy mm-hmm. of youth ministry. I know you got a great list of people that maybe some are still doing this mentoring mm-hmm. in this space. Um, well, you know, like he said, Jeannie Mayo uh, mm-hmm. would be one. She's been doing youth ministry for um, over forty-five years. Mm-hmm. Relevant youth mm-hmm. ministry. I know it sounds like an oxymoron with those numbers mixed with uh, the word relevant, but she's been doing that. Yeah. Um, at a high level. Mm-hmm. It, um, Another guy is Ron Luce. He started mm-hmm. uh, Teen Mania, mm-hmm. uh, acquired a fire, you mm-hmm. know, back in the uh, late '90s, 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Fitzhugh, he was mm-hmm. big uh, mm-hmm. for me um, personally. Like Stefan said, just somebody I could watch up close. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Denver Bronco and mm-hmm. did a lot with FCA and still does youth ministry. Um, in fact, I was talking to him um, earlier today. Mm-hmm. Still doing things in youth ministry mm-hmm. uh, for young people and also doing things with NFL. Uh, and last but not least, um, the man of God, you, <laughs> the man of God. And, and, and I, I say that in all sincerity because 
I learned youth ministry while being a, a young person under you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, you really taught me the character part, you know, mm-hmm. the character counts. And, um, and you know, the other stuff, the, the, the pragmatics of youth ministry, you know, you mm-hmm. can go and learn at a conference. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the character part and the care part, I, I learned that mm-hmm. from what I received from you as a teenager and also what I watched you do. Um, with young people all over the um, all over the city man thank you so much and I, I think what I want what I want our audience to take away from this is is that these guys are doing the work and have done it but they still look to others to learn how to do it better mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so never get into a space where you think you've got it figured out you know reach out and reach up yep. to people who've done it longer who have information and and the other thing that I think is important that I think I heard you all say, and I can't be sure of this, you didn't just stay in your context, Mm -hmm. that you were willing to reach out to other, Mm -hmm. you know, cultures or races Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it to get material that you can bring back into your context, right? We have to be willing to do that, you know. It's not time for the black power, black panther fist (laughs) up in the air. When you need information, you got to go wherever it is, right? right? And anybody that's doing something at a high level, we may not be able to do it exactly like them, yeah. But we can take concepts and be inspired by it. And I think another thing is if you work with if you're a youth leader and you're listening to this and you work with people, you have a team, try to expose your team to yeah. the people mm-hmm. you're exposed to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important piece because I think when the primary leader gets exposed and he doesn't expose his team, to me that that diminishes the quality of your team. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. take them, let them sit at the same table you eating at, man. Yeah. Yeah. If you can. If you got it in your budget or you can you know, and some you can get access to people now. You only have to spend money. Just mm-hmm. exactly. Zoom and stuff, right? Yeah. Now, listen, I, this is a two-part question. You guys have worked with kids from middle school through high school into college. So I got a two-part question. Who have you found the hardest to help and impact? Either Is it boys or girls? <laughs> and then secondly, if there's an age between 12 and 19, which is the most challenging, that is the most challenging for youth workers, what would you say that age is for boys and girls? So um, two questions. Who's harder, boys or girls, to work with, to impact? Mm-hmm. I'm saying to really impact. And maybe maybe there's neither. And then is there a number that you could say, that y'all can university say, when them kids get that age, the devil has taken over their whole <laughs> being? What do y'all think about that? Oh, man. Um I, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I, I was going to say, um, for, for me, just my experience, I think boys are harder to impact because there's an innate leadership quality that's already in them. Mm-hmm. Um, youth ministries that, that I've been involved in or, or, or youth um, projects, programs, mm-hmm. or even teams, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a youth I'm a coach now, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's funny because I, I found I call myself getting away from youth ministry, mm-hmm. but being a coach, <laughs> uh, it's every right. day. It's high seven school, days right. a week. Yeah, right. it's actually more intensive in some ways. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say boys because of that leadership quality in them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, typically what I've seen is when the boys are on board, the girls will follow suit. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just an alignment mm-hmm. uh, that happens happens naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're serious about yeah. it, yeah. So that's, that, that's what I've I've seen personally, and we don't say that even if there's an amen that goes with it. That's not to diminish the intrinsic value of a girl, not at all, a female, not at all. But it is when you look at from a faith space how God has created mm-hmm. things. It's like almost like they're looking for it. Like, yeah. like let's let's see the leadership, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's in particular in in our communities. Yeah. You know? So they tend to be more resistant of 
other leadership than a girl would in, in that sense. That's what I've seen. Yeah. I know what you guys okay. Yeah. Just from your experience. I yeah. just want to know what y'all think. And yeah. then and then is there an age, by the way? You guys agree with that? <clears throat> well, so, so I don't know. I think so. I was trying to think of not trying to think of the bad kids, but thinking of the bad kids that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's balanced. I got you. It's like, equal. I think I got a bunch of on yeah. both sides. Yeah. Um, but I would say though that when I get or I was able to get the young men and plug, plugged yeah. in and involved mm-hmm. like I'm thinking like retreats right yeah. if there's a retreat and I got more boys signed up than the girls like mm-hmm. it's a whole it it, it turns out to a, yep. be a whole nother gotcha. type of or thing. or at a retreat right just picture this and we've all been there where if the boys are just <clears throat> in the back they clowning and stuff like that yeah that whole atmosphere of the place energy, is just different yeah, energy yeah. different but when the boys are sold out they're 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 at the front they're yeah. they're, they're, they're cheering they're they're worshiping that's yeah the the, the the atmosphere the vibe yeah. of the, it totally yeah. changes the place that's what i'm talking about yeah. it's yeah. amazing i didn't plan on talking about retreats today but yeah like that seems to be one of the most and i did it mm-hmm. one of the most important kind it of is. if you're gonna have anything that accelerates an impact <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's got to be taking them suckers away for a couple of days. That's the Super Bowl. Where you can control the context, you can set the agenda. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so would it you is. would you say to anybody working with kids, if you can get them away, if you can in a mountain train. somewhere where they can't walk down the hill and go to Chick Fil A, yeah, yep. take if them somewhere. If you can get them away and disconnect them. So yep. we yeah. started doing the taking the cell phones. We yep. got a little cell phone box. We yeah, made, I like so that. Told them on the way in, you couldn't bring them. But obviously, yeah. some parents don't listen with their kids, and so they had them. We had a little cell phone box. But yeah. when you, because what I found out, definitely out here, um, was when you can like make the sunrise thing for them or the sunset thing for them like mm-hmm. it even the hardest joker would be like yo like that's real mm-hmm. wow. like that's mm-hmm. like what do you that's mean by moment. sunrise and sunset so like we we would we would do since i write we, we would do small groups either sunrise or sunset okay and have them do them outside mm-hmm. right All have right. them do mm-hmm. them in a space mm-hmm. where they can see the sunset on purpose wow, wow. because they didn't we take it for granted yeah yeah and they didn't and when i moved to florida it's really because i was in baltimore then brooklyn brooklyn and baltimore when i moved to south florida i had a whole nother appreciation for what god did Mm -hmm. what city were you in in florida in south florida i lived in Pembroke pine so i was in between miami and fort lauderdale okay all right so 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 we agree that there's a there's a a benefit, a powerful benefit to these retreats. Yeah, sure. You just did one. Yeah, and yeah. You, and, and, and how do you, I know I'm shifting a little bit. Um, do, is there a strategy for maximizing what you got momentum-wise? Because it seems like retreats are a killer momentum. Right. And then, like, your regular program is not going to be comparable to what you can pull off on a retreat because you got mm-hmm. guests coming in. You got, you got, you bring out the real stuff, right? Right. Yeah. You got a budget for it. Then you come back and it's your weekly meeting, and it may not be on that level. So, what do you do? Yeah. What, what have you found to be important to kind of maintaining that so impact? We we're finding that now. You know, <clears throat> um, it's a newer space for us, and I think for it's a two part for me. Mm-hmm. On one, I'm not trying to like get back to the same mm-hmm. you know what i mean because we want the super bowl to be the super bowl mm-hmm. and you want games to be games and playoffs to feel like playoffs because that way it's it's a ride it's a wave you know what i mean yeah um so for us what we did one of the things we looked at what were some of the most powerful components yeah and we said we can't do everything but what 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 out of that can mm-hmm. we can we keep and mm-hmm. for us it was tribes 
uh, and and life groups. Mm -hmm. So again, we're new. Uh, July seventh will be our one year anniversary. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't launched life groups yet. But when I tell you the community that was established was was crazy. The mm -hmm. people still in group chats and doing devotions, crazy. So we like, you know, we 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 will be launching uh, life groups July seventh. Mm -hmm. um, and so until then, we have we we've done some shifts in our model to kind of keep momentum. But again, it's it's a it's a balance. We want to get it there, but we're not trying to pretend that we're there still. Right, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Because right. mm -hmm. then the Super Bowl won't feel like it. Every Sunday can't be on a thousand. That's very good. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. very good. That's great. That's great. Let me jump into another topic real quick because we're running out of time. I love I love this man. If y'all had unlimited resources. <laughs> And I know that's ridiculous in youth ministry because y'all like the last, the most forgotten department in the <laughs> church, right? They got janitors and 27 secretaries and admin and building facilities and all that. But if you had unlimited resources as it relates to facilities, personnel, and money, what would be your dream youth program? What would it, what would it consist of? So um, I want to answer it, but I want to answer it a little differently. Okay, good. Um, I want to speak to what you said about you know the resource piece there. Right. Uh, I, I I've always believed this, and you taught me this, and and um, I still believe it to this day. I believe youth ministry needs to be an investment from the church. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, and I'm talking, you know, for, for, because you're not going to get that investment back immediately. But I'm talking about uh, how you invest in them and what you'll see. The rewards down the road because youth mm -hmm. ministry is not instant gratification you're not going to have that yeah um, so by the way i say the church should tithe into the youth ministry well we don't tell stefan that no but, i won't yeah. tell him that at all <laughs> hopefully he's not paying attention he's and by that we mean 10 percent of your 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 budget should be invested in in youth children but well, that includes Right. The little the little ones too, I would say. Oh, well, here's why it makes sense because that's gen generally ten percent of your population, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So the numbers typically run that way. So if you have a church of hundred, you typically have ten kids. You know, right. if you have a church of thousand, hundred, etc. Mm -hmm. So to me, that just makes sense. But mm -hmm. from an a um, a kingdom value perspective, mm -hmm. um, you know, any statistic will tell you that the majority of the decisions are made for Christ are done before the age of nineteen. Yep. Yeah. Like ninety percent of them, some are as high as ninety percent. So uh, where's where, where's the value mm -hmm. uh, f f of your dollar really going to give the the greatest return? Okay, right? it's going to happen there. Um, so so that's that's what I would say to 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 a pastor who may be wondering how how I should invest in young people. Mm -hmm. um, the the thing that I'm I would say what I would do if I had unlimited resources and you know time you know et cetera, I would I would create a school. All right, mm. and I, I would I would create a school to where the principles that we are that are putting in and instilling into young people in youth ministry day-to-day -day life in terms of you know teaching them teamwork teaching them leadership teaching them accountability the mm -hmm. things that practically will help them be better people mm -hmm. um, better leaders That's good. Uh, I would create a school that has a majority of that that would be the 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 the, the primary education funnel as opposed to um, you know the, the way that currently schools are now. I love um, it. Not love excluding it. you know reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah. But I'm saying when we put so much of a, a a priority on that, and then we minimize or even eliminate you know leadership development, um, team building, um, the socialization of of our young people into our community and and what it is that they can give back and contribute, I think there's an adverse effect that happens once they get out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree. So when I looked at the question, I was trying to figure out how you, because the truth is I would do everything. 
right? But I think mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, you would, if you if you had all of the resources, the truth is you would meet the need in as many ways as you can. Yeah. Um, and that that for me is the answer. Like, and I think that's what you're saying. Like, you you would be what's what's needed in that space right. for that kid to excel, right. but knowing that when that kid excels, the community is going to excel. Absolutely. Because that's always how I see youth ministry. Absolutely. Mm. Good. Yeah. What would you do, man? Don't even think it, but what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, nah, for me, it's a, I'm going to be honest, it's a tough one because, uh, you know, I'm one year in and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be like Joseph and, and say too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so I got I got I got some you know thoughts in my brain. In a nutshell, I'll say for us, we exist. We want to help young people grow and develop them for both ministry and the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, without getting too specific, I would say I would create a dynamic facility mm-hmm. that would do just that: mm-hmm. prepare young people, whether you're in the church or not, for ministry and the marketplace. Um, I just believe that we should have a holistic approach to youth ministry to prepare them not just in to be successful in the word but also in the world mm-hmm. you got a lot of mm. great christians out here but hit their 30s 40s but have no sense of direction right. financial literacy entrepreneurship leadership as you mentioned and i just think that uh if god gave us those tools we should be able to give them in-house i love it i love it i love it all right, we're coming down to rapid, what I'm calling, I'm going to call these some rapid fire answers. I mean, mm-hmm. you answer these questions in one sentence, all right? Where do you feel that youth workers make the biggest mistake in working with kids? What's the biggest mistake they make in a sentence? I'll go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they make too many assumptions and don't ask enough questions. Great. If all of the planning uh, programming events are around them then the conversation should involve them from the start wow. that was four sentences and it was my great. bad that's good though awesome. but sentences. it goes back to what you said earlier you have to lead with humility if you're going to be effective you know it's like the person coming in trying to you know you're going to your doctor he only asked you what's hurting you say all right then say ah mm. Man, you, you, you just open up my mouth and my brain is dead or yeah. whatever like so anyway mm-hmm. yes uh one mistake, biggest mistake people make working with kids. I think they assume that they are them. So a youth ministry leader assumes that I'm trying to lead me. Wow. But if I'm leading me, we really don't want you, right? Wow. We want the best of you, like people sold into you. So it's not, good. you're not leading. And it's, you know, 80s being born, 90s being born, 2000s being born is different than the kids now. So you're not leading you. Mm. That's deep. What you got, Joe? I, uh, I say for me, um, the more mistake that uh, youth leaders make is making, or excuse me, mistaking activity for achievement. Mm. Mm. Because the end game is is still always has been always will be discipleship. Yeah, it's good. Wow. How can we mold these people into people of character? Relentless who are, followers who are following yeah. Jesus and that's the end game. The it's yeah. the end game, and 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 and, the, and just because you did a, a what you call it, we used to say these terms was. Uh, Youth extravaganza, <coughs> and you did uh, the uh, the uh, fire, whatever, the, the yeah. bowlathon, yeah. the prayer yeah. breakfast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just busy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, but not really uh, strategic. Nope. Great, great, great. Here's another fast fire one. What has been your greatest reward in working with youth? In a sentence, what has been your greatest reward in the work that you do? Transition. Transition. Seeing them transition. 
mm-hmm. seeing the students try, like I got a kid now literally not a kid she married just had a kid like literally and I remember mm-hmm. when that wasn't what but I see she's a wife mm-hmm. um, mother and you know just doing well but those are the moments that I look at my wife and we look like you remember this one yeah you know for me like I remember when you said transition I thought of high school graduations mm. and I remember sitting at a place here it's called the Capitol it was called the Capitol Center and I remember just sitting there and at the equestrian center it was called too and just I remember just sitting there all day like like for three ceremonies watching just two kids from my youth group you know walk across the stage and and it's it's kind of emotional right yeah. like it's weird like like you're a part of their life yep. yeah like you matter to their parents and stuff man it's really a very important work your biggest you know the thing the greatest reward for you guys in working with youth for me um it's the grace moments like when they fail and they scared to say something but you get to let them know like it's not over mm-hmm. like it's those moments like nobody everybody else would have wrote me off but like god still has the pen and the story still continues it's those I love moments it. i love it i love it yeah i think for, for me it's it's this can sound a little, a little crazy but it's 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 still getting the phone calls so uh it's never ending so when i get a phone call i had a call um a couple of days ago um, mm-hmm. from um uh, a youth he was a youth leader somebody who I was privileged to walk with and he's just telling me what's going on in his life and, and what the successes he's had but also the challenges he's still having mm-hmm. you know because because mentoring discipleship however you want to phrase it it's life on life and, and in some cases it should never end mm-hmm. yeah so the, it's wow. the most rewarding wow. for me is that let's let's say there's a there's somebody listening there to church and they're struggling to keep young people interested in, in even in coming to church and we see that all the time, churches that we would consider atrophying. Are there some suggestions that you all can make to them to just help reach and keep kids, like teenagers especially? What should a church do? Maybe there's a church leader listening, and, and they're listening, they're kind of listening in, and they're like, I don't know. But what would you say to a, somebody who has some influence in the church about what they could do to reach and keep kids? God, I'll, I'll bat first and let the gurus follow, man. Uh for me, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there's no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it keeps going back to this humility thing. Mm-hmm. If for some reason you see that your strategies, or et cetera, are not working consistently, um, but you haven't sought counsel in the process. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying, the, you know, no offense, but sometimes the people in your particular church may not, may or may not have the answers. Mm-hmm. And so it's a willingness to put counsel around you and say, hey, man, I need I need a mentor. And I know it's tough if you're if you're in your mid 30s, your 40s and you've been doing it for five, 10 years to reach out and say, I need help. Mm-hmm. But some people are like you're you're di- the, the dynamics of your ministry could change by you simply saying yes to to being to being helped mm-hmm. yeah good no that's good, good. that's good that's I, good i got three but i'm gonna make them quick um mm-hmm. so the first is find the right leader and get him or her the right training mm-hmm. right that's important um bible says the sons of ishakar understood the times and they knew what to do mm-hmm. understood the times they knew what to do so the right leader understand the times know what to do they got to get the right training mm-hmm. number two and this is, would be primary to a, a senior leader or a senior pastor that's mm-hmm. what i would say to them what i have said in in you know, conversations or consulting or what have you. Uh, number two is is make the mission of your church about the next generation. Mm-hmm. We get mm-hmm. so caught up in church about being comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. It's not about us. Mm-hmm. We're here. 
we love Jesus. Mm-hmm. What about the people who don't? Mm-hmm. Um, when we were privileged to go down the Hillsong, um, Brian Houston said that from the pulpit. He said, mm-hmm. this is not about us. Mm-hmm. It's always about them. Yeah. And then you can see it on their stage, mm-hmm. that people who are playing on the stage, who weren't necessarily the best musicians, but mm-hmm. he wanted them to be part of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's my, that would be number three for me. Get them involved daily. Mm-hmm. What can't they do? Um, interesting, you know, the disciples, um, we do the research on them. Most of them were teenagers. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so if Jesus involved teenagers in the work of ministry mm. 2,000 years ago, why can't we do it today? Yeah. When in some cases, they're more apt to do it than us, mm-hmm. you know, from, especially from a techn- technological perspective. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Th- those are the th- things I would share with the pastor. Yeah, yeah. I, think, um, I think all of those are dope. I think for me, the one word came to mind when you read that question out, it's, it's failure. I, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think if you haven't, gotten the right thing that means mm-hmm. you haven't tried enough you haven't mm-hmm. failed enough mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we are so worried mm-hmm. about not doing it right mm-hmm. and then you're doing the same thing or you're tweaking it a little bit and then the students aren't showing up because they don't like it mm-hmm. it's not until you do the ridiculously different thing that nobody says you should do mm-hmm. and then you do it and then it works yeah. yeah but i think you haven't failed so i think if you're a leader if it's not packed if it's not and not that it has to be packed because the, one of the things that I bigger doesn't mean better. For right. sure. Right? Like mm-hmm. God scales every ministry according mm-hmm. to what God wants. Right. Mm-hmm. And so ministries will be different sizes, but if you haven't failed enough, mm. then I think you will not succeed, right? You have mm. to be willing to fail enough to be able to say that didn't work, but this did. That's and good. then as yeah. Joe said, you got to take kids with you, right? I say this thing all the time that it's not youth ministry if youth aren't leading the ministry. That's right. Wow. If, it's, if, if, if yeah. you're leading it, it's you ministry. Take the wow. TH off and mm. it's just you, mm. which is a lot of our leaders, yep. right? That's Unfortunately. very good. Yeah, you're, you're giving people permission to fail, yeah. which is very important because we have this um, fear of failure. Somebody once said that imperfect action <clears throat> is better than perfecting inaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's because we, we are, we're so afraid that if it's not going to look right or we're going to look bad. But, yeah. but if we love the people we're trying to reach more than we love our reputation, then we'd be willing to try things mm. and be laughed at. And we embrace, I did it to reach people. And we embrace failure every day, right? Around this, we got iPads and tablet things mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that is there's going to be another generation in a couple months. Mm-hmm. So this is a failure compared to the next one. That's yeah. right. But That's right. the company knows, let me put this out because they're going to buy the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you got to be willing to do it. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I just good. say one last mm-hmm. thing on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just, just kind of, because I'm a parent too. Mm-hmm. I have two teenagers in, in my, my home. Um, you know, a, a lot of these principles, I, I'm trying to think, very few of them um, would not be applicable. In other words, parents can apply all these principles. Let's you talk don't about have that. to be a, a mm-hmm. youth leader. So, you know, uh, allowing your children to fail, you know, giving them um, um, things to do that mm-hmm. are uh, actively being a part of the youth ministry in your own home. Yeah. You know, for instance, we yeah. teach our kids about finances. We're teaching yeah. our kids about how about being entrepreneurs now. That's they good. have business plans That's good. now. That's wow. You know? That's um, so, mm-hmm. you know, th- 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 but it's spending time. He who spends the most time with These are all applicable. So it does, because we, we I, I know I was in an experience where a lot of people would just say, all right, let me just take them to remnant mm-hmm. then, so y'all can fix them. You know, yeah. I, I've got two hours a week with them. You know, mm-hmm. and then we obviously, you know, the, the leaders, you know, will spend some time as well. But um, you have over 100 hours or 168 hours in a week, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So 
uh, I want to encourage parents from that perspective. Like a lot of these principles that we're talking about, humility, yeah. um, spending time, um, mm-hmm. giving them an opportunity to fail. That if you do that, because they're not looking for perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, teenagers are not looking for for perfection in their parents. They're looking for love. Wow. Okay, and and teenagers spell, spell love T I M E. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you good. know, I want to go back to something else you said, Joe, about uh, making your mission the next generation. As a pastor, I know that can be frightening to a church Absolutely. leader when they're funded by a generation that's not young. So, you know, I'm going to focus on some people that don't have money, who can't finance it, can be scary because they're so concerned about making budget. But I think one of the ways of doing that, the way we did it, was we tried to tell those middle-aged and seniors that, you know, can you help me me reach your nieces Mm -hmm. and nephews? Mm -hmm. Can you help me reach... Mm-hmm. So, I, in fact, I did a meeting one time. I had I had our leaders show me pictures of their grandchildren that were in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, this one's, you know, um, getting in trouble, getting kicked out of school. This one's locked up. This one's on drugs. This one's struggling with their, their sexual behavior, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And in the emotional moment, I said, can you help me reach them? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I yeah. got, I think I can do church in a way that can reach them. Yeah. But I said, but it's going it ain't going to look like you used to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a robe on. I'm not going to. It's going to be some lights. Yeah. There may be some smoke in the room. Yeah. Like, but I'm telling you, I will not leave the word. Yeah. Will you help me reach him? And with tears, we got you. Mm. Yeah. And that was it. It's never come up again. Like, yeah. I, I want the choir. I want y'all to march in. As long as they know you're going out to somebody they care about, mm-hmm. yeah. then then they'll support it. Yeah. They'll finance it. That's but if good. they think you're just leaving them, like going mm. after getting them heaving, it's yeah. got to be little Carlos. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I yeah. can say that. It can't yeah. just be we're going to get kids. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be the Carlos, yeah. kids their great grandson yeah. mm-hmm. who they can't reach to save their life, right? Yeah. I know we're we're almost up against the the the, the end of this. Let's yeah. let's take this let's take this one. There may be somebody's listening, they got a kid. They have a kid that's in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting high, drinking. Um, just living in, with a dangerous circle, making bad decisions. Do you, do you have any advice for parents? Because even though you have teenagers now, I don't know if you guys have teenage children, but you have teenagers. Like Stuff from a youth minister's children. perspective, what do the kids? What do you think the kids need from their parents that maybe we don't know as parents to give them? So, <clears throat> um, recently had the opportunity to to share at a at a conference. Um, that was ironically called parents just don't understand from the Will Smith deal. Mm-hmm. And to see, you know, young people open up in front of their parents, some, some opened up in front of their parents, some opened up in private sessions. And a lot of the parents didn't know, like literally students are like, I hate my parent mm-hmm. and, and, but don't, but don't know it. And some of them don't realize that, that they've lost their influence. And the way I gauge it is, where secrecy is high, inf- influence is low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But where influence is high, secrecy is low. Mm-hmm. And so many of the parents, like, yes, you can still talk and they got to listen to you. But the real question is, do you still have influence? Mm-hmm. And if you've lost it, how do I get it back? Okay. And I think we got to go back to where we lost it. For, for everybody, it's different. But somewhere in the long lines, there was some hurt. There was some miscommunication. Yeah. Something was broken. And if you're not willing to, going back to humility, humble ourselves and have conversations to say, 
talk to me about this and talk to, and it might need a third party yeah. you know what i mean i'm, I'm great grateful to to meet now with 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 parents and students who who say i want to mend the relationship between uh myself and my my son yeah it yeah. might take that but if you ever going to regain that influence something was broken and we got to be willing to do whatever to repair I love it. it it may require some apologies some amendments and how i talk to you etc yeah. but but you want if you want them to run around and keep everything a secret Continue to on the way. But if yeah. you want to raise secrecy and gain influence, go back to repair the brokenness. Get into their world. Don't just say you always in there playing 2K. Come in there and ask me, did you win? Good job, boy. Yeah. Don't just always say you always on Fortnite. How do you play that? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm taking a long time, but it's, no, you, it's, get into their world and you'll get their heart. Dr. Doug White said, if you're going to understand somebody, because a lot of parents, we don't understand our kids. Mm -hmm. You're going to understand them. you got to stand under them. Mm -hmm. you got to put yourself in a posture where they teach you without saying, that's crazy. That mm -hmm. makes no sense. Does yeah. that even make sense, what you're saying? Because like, that's all, all it's going to do is widen the chasm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm saying it's such a natural reflex to judge our kids. Mm -hmm. Wow. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And anybody's got them, yeah. the older they get, you're like, Are you, what were you thinking? Like, you know, like, like, yeah, yeah so, so, yeah. If so I could I like recommend that. one thing, I would mm -hmm. recommend, in the same way uh, great couples, Pastor Battle, you model this, do mm -hmm. date nights, I highly recommend it. And you said this before, like, family date nights. Yeah. And not just for the sake of fun, but literally for the parent to say, um, give me, give me two things that I'm doing that's working. And then could you share with me two things that, that, that you would love for me to adjust wow. or change? Dude. And then the student gets to do it. And I mean, just... Good God Almighty. Like, that could you just. You're blessing me. You answered that so good, I ain't going to even ask the gurus to respond. We got a new question. Better. And we're going. Hey, listen. better than that. That was awesome. Y'all been doing youth ministry for a long time, right? Well, obviously, these two guys. What have you seen change since 2010, say, for example, uh, to now? What are the changes as it relates to young people, if, if any? And what do you predict will happen as we go into the 2020s? Are there any things that people need to be aware of, some trends that are happening that stand out to y'all? If any, you don't have to force them. Is that, how does that, how's that question land with y'all? Yeah. Is there any response to that? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. For, for me, the biggest thing is access. Okay. Access to the students' access to the world, the students' access to us is totally different now. Okay. Um, using technology. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to do nothing but increase, meaning that. Uh, your time in when you respond back to them mm -hmm. um, and what you do anywhere mm -hmm. is going to be accessible to where they are anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a it, it, it's a, a, a part that you got to be mindful of, mm -hmm. kind of where you are and what you're doing. And obviously you're a youth leader or you're a pastor, so you shouldn't be doing nothing you shouldn't be doing anyway. I got but at the end of the day, they have access in. So I can't tell them, no, don't do this. Mm -hmm. And then they see me doing something else the mm -hmm. other side to it is the the blessing i think is you have now more access and uh ability to reach them where they are mm -hmm. so like our tech team we're trying to think about how's how, how does vr look like you know in in, in church how, 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 yeah. what is what does virtual reality look like for the church context because that's that's next yeah. in the next couple of years like all wow. the stuff the nba is doing where you can sit courtside and watch from you like that's next so how do you now minister to people who are mostly digital and mm -hmm. not really physically so i think that's the next piece that not just youth ministry but church has to figure out that's good yeah. good 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 one more one more yeah. response and we're gonna wrap it up I, I think the word for me is socialization Mm -hmm. I think there is a big deficiency on healthy 
social skills because of that access you That's talked good. about. That's mm. good. And um, we have to be aware of that mm-hmm. as parents, as youth workers, as people. Mm. Um, because this social media <coughs> um, um, storm that is really, it's, it's already taken over. Mm-hmm. It presents a false reality to mm-hmm. like, this is what is natural and what is, um, this is the way to connect. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's still, I, I say it's a false reality because I can, I can communicate here over the phone, but I connect with you heart to heart. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so deep. And, and, yeah. and it's face to face. You know, good. so when mm-hmm. we get too tech savvy, and, and, and I would con- I would encourage parents and youth leaders alike, don't get so cute with your social sk- socialization skills on your phone that you miss the invaluable uh, time with mm. them in person. Yeah, no, that's great. Wow, that's great. wow. That's hey, great. y'all. I'm sorry. This has been amazing, phenomenal, encouraging, inspiring. I want y'all to tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can get your books, how they can follow you on social media, how they can get you to come speak, train their workers, talk to the people about how they can get in touch with you. Stefan, start with. All right. All right. Uh, On Instagram, uh, Showtime for Change. Showtime, the number four, and then Change. Um, but also email info at dreamsinreachdc.com, just as it's spelled, just as it sounds, info at dreamsinreachdc.com. All right. Joe Lee. Yeah, uh, all of my uh, social media is Joe PJ Lee. So Are you even on social media, man? What's social media? <laughs> Too. Come on, man. How yes, can people reach you? Okay. <laughs> you can, uh, um, Joe He's, PJ Lee. He comes out like the groundhog I on do. social media. That's right, twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um but also, I mean, the best way to communicate with me directly is through my uh, my email address. It's coachjolie at gmail.com. What about your phone number? 301-7552-WORD. Wow. <laughs> well, that was my number. <laughs> Quick. Russell. Quick. Russell. Quick. Um, IG, Instagram is uh, Rev Russ. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is Pastor Russ. Um, website is store.afterthemusicstops, all one word. Uh, dot org all of the student devotionals you've been you flee the stuff is on there all get at them get at them hey y'all this has been amazing there's no way you can get something out of this i know i did my kids are grown but i still i'm still learning how to connect wow you can communicate without connecting hey hey y'all this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Russell St. Bernard. Thank you. Joe Lee, Stefan Lindsay. Thank y'all for taking time to not only share your time, but to share your, your insight with us today on the Keep Battle Podcast. And thank you all for tuning in. Please share. Please uh, let other people know about this and spread the word so that others can be blessed by this information. And we'll catch you right back here next time on the Keep Battle Podcast.